Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? It's the uh, Yesterday's Hero Odyssey. Uh, we're looking at the 1979 classic film Yesterday's Hero with Ian McShane, Adam Faith, Paul Nicholas, and many, many others. Uh, written, of course, by Jackie Collins. Uh, written by the side of a swimming pool in Bel Air, we think, in the late 1970s. Um, right, so where were we at? Let's have a look. We're about to see the uh, semi-final of the Cup the uh, Saints, which is the team owned by Clint Simon, Paul Nicholas, mm. uh, are in. And they've just signed Rod Turner, uh, washed up drunk, played by Ian McShane. Uh, Rod's had his first training session, uh, did a little photo shoot with Clint and Cloudy Martin, who is mm. Clint's uh, singing partner. And obviously Clint fancies her, but she's not interested because in the past... She's had herself a little piece of rod. So, you know, when you've had steak, why go back for hot dogs? Yeah, um, fine. So there's that, and then it cuts to uh, Rod's training the lads from the boys' club, that, um, or the, the boys' home, whatever it is. Uh, and the young lad, uh, Marek, who's played by, who's played by again, it's Paul Medford, isn't it? It was Calvin in EastEnders. Uh, and he says, your team's the best. They're always winning. Can I come and see the final at Wembley? <laughs> Which is a bit fucking forward. Uh, and Rod says, might not win the semi. Uh, Marek says, sure you will, Rod. You can do anything. Now, at this point, I'm wondering, is Marek real or is he just does he just exist in Rod's head as a kind of like small motivational character? In, uh, that just comes to him in drunken stupors and tells him that he <laughs> yeah. can do stuff. Oh, that's sure. quite interesting, yeah. It's like, yeah, uh, I'm sure there's other examples of that, particularly in literature, where it mm. turns out, or it's a bit like, spoiler alert, films like Fight Club. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Where the real de- depth and hidden sort of story mm. of Yesterday's Hero is about his subconscious coming to life as a small boy, as a, as a small yeah. version of Kelvin from EastEnders. Yeah, I wonder if that's what it is. Maybe, it's, maybe it's, this film was a huge mm. influence on... Was it David Fincher that did Fight Club? I think it was, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Right, well, we'll find out as it, as it uh, continues. And then we cut to the Cup semi-final. It's Hamilton United versus the Saints. I think that seems mm. to be the, the club's name, the Saints, which is a bit shit. You know, I mean, have they, have they not got a town or city name? They're just the Saints? What the fuck? Not I thought it was quite smart. I thought, oh, it's simple. Because then they don't mm. have to start getting into it. Because once you, once you name it as a town, you could very quickly alienate a lot of viewers. Well, yeah, but just make make up a town, call it Melchester or something like that. Yeah, but that I mean, sounds they're, a bit They're, they're playing shit. friggin' Hamilton United, and Hamilton's in Scotland, so that would make any sense. But I'm, I'm being nitpicky, probably. Uh, and the uh, the cup semi final footage is fucking great. Yeah, it's really really realistic. They've got a crowd in for it. Uh, I don't know how much of the ground is full, but it looks like a completely full ground. And it's not your sort of thing where you've got uh, match footage and then you seem to cut to close ups of the actors doing footbally yeah. bits to make it look as if it's part of the real thing. It looks like they've they've got this thing together just to shoot this footage. Could be wrong, but uh, and it's it's a lovely old football ground as well. Oh, lovely old nineteen seventies football ground. It's all terracing. Uh, there's a great shot just as the as the match coverage begins, and it's from behind the entrance to the terracing. You know when you walk up the ramp towards the terracing, and the pitch is like out in front of you, and it's a lovely oh, shot. Oh yeah, That's that feeling that was that was quite um that was a real buzz. First few times you did that as a kid, when I, I mean, still remember yeah. that you, you you could never quite recreate that sense. That first where time you just you first see a walk pitch. up the steps and you can't believe yeah. what you're seeing. It's such yeah. a big reveal in football stadiums, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah. you still get it if you go to a, you know, if there's if you go to a famous stadium yeah. and you see it first time. Yeah, like I went to the Bernabeu once and felt like that. Like, yeah. even though I was an adult and hadn't thought of it for years. And some stadiums you go to and it's just like, you don't feel like that because they're underwhelming once yeah. you see it. Like the Wait. London Stadium is pretty underwhelming. Is it? I mean, it's big. You're like, wow, yeah. that's big. But you're not like, <gasps> Bernabeu. I was like, fucking hell. Yeah, I went to the, the new camp. Sent me a bit dizzy. I went to the new camp. Or oh, Camp New. Or oh, Camp No, as I believe yeah. it's pronounced. Camp um, No, thank you very much. <clears throat> Went to that same same vibe. But, I mean, yeah, Roker Park, 1981. Going to watch Sun mm. the first time. And I'd never seen grass as green as yeah. I saw that day. And what about you can smell the grass as well? Yeah. That's something um, I think you lose. I think you stop noticing the smells of football yeah. as you get older because you become... Your brain... I think your brain is used to things. Yeah. And so it doesn't go, whoa, fucking hell, mate. Have a sniff yeah. of that. It just goes, yeah, normal. But when you were a kid... Like, you know, I'd get off the tube Upton Park and you'd smell a combination of chip fat, cigar smoke and Piss, horse shit. Lager. yeah. Yeah, and it would <laughs> oh, it'd be a wondrous smell. I'd be like the Bisto yeah. kid following that foul stench all the way to the ground. And then you get in the ground and you can smell the grass when you go yeah. out into the main bit. Whereas now I don't think... I can smell grass in the stage. Maybe, oh, the maybe now they've got fancy space yeah, age grass that that's has. That they, what it is. We, the Premier League have, have invested in scentless grass because they yeah. found the sports scientists found out that scented grass is, you know, reduces players' output by by zero point four percent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, the smell of fags and all that sort of thing. I used to love that. Mm. Um, 
I don't know whether it's a, I, I don't know whether I'm not smelling the grass so much because now when I go to the stadium of light, it's kind of like it's been about thirteen years of just complete abject shit, non-stop, mm. and me my reaction of seeing the pitch is just kind of like oh fuck. Here oh, we not go this again. place. Oh, yeah. Jesus, yeah. That's what I feel like. <clears throat> when I went to Upton Park when I was a kid, it was always a treat to go. Mm. Like, you know, when I was a kid and wasn't going regularly, it would always yeah. be, it would be like one of my mates' birthdays or something like that, you know. And uh, and it would be such a treat. So you just associated it. And when lose <clears> or draw, it didn't really matter. You were just so delighted to have been there and seen yeah. that strange, unusual sights and heard the strange sounds and all the rest of it. Yeah. And, and, and the, the associated the, just the atrocious racism, yeah, the almost all the racism, eye-watering racism, and the, and the awful and the awful menace and threat mm. of just terrible violence at all yeah. times. All of those things you sort of associated weirdly with excitement, but now you don't have all of those things on the whole. There's you know they're not football grounds are not there there is still racism but they're not as overtly and almost blanket racist as they once were <clears> on the whole you can get in and out of a game without anything too offensive happening yeah we you know um but you, weirdly because you you know yeah i kind of especially london stadium because it's been so generally shit for the mm. whole time and it's good now but of course we're not in there you turn <laughs> up and you just think, here again yeah. Here we go again, yeah, Charlie. Yeah. Wasted another wasted Saturday. <clears throat> Could yeah. be at home with my it's feet like, up. Right when I was talking about the other day about the Premier League being just ten teams, pretty much, and then the rest of them are just guests who were yeah. there as fodder. That's what Sunderland were. We were in that league for ten years, and we finished tenth once, and the rest yeah. of it was just relegation battles. That's yeah. not fucking fun. It's not you know, fun. That's yeah. no good. But um, what was I going to say? Um, I don't know. I've forgotten. Maybe it's nothing. We're in the stadium, uh, the Saints Stadium. The Saints, yeah. Um, and, yeah, the ground's absolutely packed. And Motson is on commentary, which is a nice touch. <clears throat> John Motson. And he's, he's good in this. He does some good acting. He does some realistic commentary stuff. Yeah. And he does an interview later on in the dressing room as well, which is um, quite realistic as well. So uh, there's something about Motson. I've never taken to John Motson. I was always a Barry Davies man. Motty. Motty. The sheepskin coat. The the, the that that boyish enthusiasm. There's there's something about it that I've never and I never took to. I know I'm probably mm. in the minority there, but um no. That not wasn't for me. A bit, I, I mean my, my memory of <clears throat> um my memory of Motson and, and really most commentators when I was a kid was they were all regarded as idiots. <laughs> and Not like, Barry Davies, though. Well, I think probably like watching football with my dad, which oh, I didn't right, yeah. regularly, regularly, but you know, I only need to watch it a few times a year for it to have an extremely powerful impact on me because it, it's like a, it's like being on a really scary fairground ride watching a football match with my dad. <laughs> because his 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 own personal commentary is relentless, brutal, vi- vicious about everyone and everything to do with the game, and um, not least the commentators and the and the uh, co-commentators who he regarded as like um, subhuman. 
in their sort of like intelligence. He would just <laughs> criticize their intelligence like all the way through the game. Like these people are idiots. They're complete yeah. imbeciles. I mean, listen to how thick they are and all the rest of it. And I'd be like, fucking hell, calm down. And uh, so, but I was sort of like, that kind of had an impact on me that I thought these people were really stupid. And then you get a bit older and you realize, oh, that's just something that my dad says about loads of people. Um, you know, the way he tells it is he thinks everyone in the world is thick other than him, I reckon. <clears throat> yeah, but um, that's it. You get influenced, don't you? Because he's your dad. Yeah, know? exactly. Um, and so you sort of think, yeah, yeah, they're really thick. And then people started talking really affectionately, like, oh, good old Motty. And I think, good old Motty, I thought we were all in agreement because you assume that you're the things that you've grown up with, everyone else has. And yeah, yeah. I thought we were all in agreement that Motti was a fucking idiot, right? <laughs> but suddenly everyone's like, oh, what an institution. Um, <laughs> so I've, and I'm not saying my dad was right or the other people were right, but I found it hard to shake this sort of impression that he'd given me yeah. that John Motson was like <clears throat> fully moronic. Yeah. And, and he probably, my guess, I can't remember exactly what he said about Barry Davis, but he would have thought that Gary Davis had unpalatable Barry Davis, not Gary oh, Davis not Gary Davis oh, don't get him started on Gary Davis <laughs> now if you want to know thick real thick Gary Davis is your man <laughs> I listen to him every day on Radio 1 because I just marvel at the depths of stupidity he can sink to new depths every day and I write to him every day with a critique of his show and how he can improve <laughs> has he replied once? no why? because he's thick He's he probably too can't thick even to reply. <laughs> he's probably sat in his cage that they keep him in at Radio <laughs> One when he's off air, painting an answer with his hands. He probably doesn't even put the records on himself. He's probably got a helper to do it for him. That's not DJing. Or they taught him how to do it with his fucking feet. <laughs> <laughs> The controller of Radio 1 has trained Gary Davies to put records on using his feet and, be- and beat on and fucking beat on pots and pans instead of actual links. Do you know what I call him? I call him the Essex Ape. And in fact, I've started putting that on the envelopes when I write my letters. Essex Ape, care of Radio 1, London. And Does it gets to him all right. Don't worry about that. They know Does exactly who I mean no. in the mailroom. <laughs> Oh, oh that's God, what I was yeah. going to say. When you used to go up and park in the days before it was all tickets, that did you ever get locked out and miss yeah. out on a gate? Yeah, oh, you turn man, up late worst. and then you just have to go home. You just go. Uh, when you got older, yeah. you kind of quite wanted that to happen because it meant you could just go to the pub and well, just yeah. get pissed for the whole length yeah. of the game. Which, let's be honest, when you're young is almost a hundred percent of why you're going. When, you, when, you, about, when you're in yeah. your teens and twenties, it's like just about the drinking, not about the football. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes yeah. you'd think, Oh, we've been locked out. What a shame. What shall we do? Yeah. <laughs> like what I remember one of the most pissed we've ever got was, or as Darren Goff once said to me, one of the most pissedest I've ever been. <laughs> most pissedest. That's, That's what like he said to me once. cube, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. It had, it, I'm telling you, it was one of the most pissedest I've ever been in my life. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great word, great goffyism. Uh, but, yeah, the, it was because the game got rained off one night on a midweeker. Oh, right, yeah. And we were in the West Ham Working Man's Club when, when already three sheets to the wind, when word came through that the rain was so bad <laughs> that they couldn't play the game. And we were all like, oh, dear. <laughs> what shall Here we, we do we are. now? 
in a cosy working man's club <laughs> in the east end of London. It's pissing with rain outside, but now there's no point us leaving until closing. <laughs> Wonderful. I remember there was a Sunderland match once against Chelsea and it was a Saturday afternoon and it got announced at about 2 o'clock that kickoff was going to be delayed until 4pm by an hour because there, like, there'd, been a power, there'd been a power failure at the stadium. Lovely. Yeah, bingo. I have never <laughs> been at a more buoyant stadium of light <laughs> than that afternoon when everyone got an extra hour in before the kickoff. Was it the most pistis the stadium of light's most- ever been? The most pissedest the stadium light has ever been. Yeah, it was great. An extra hour of bonus booze. Jalapeño. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jalapeño. Where are we? Yeah, semi-finals and Motson's doing the commentary. And he says, uh, <laughs> Saints with Rod Turner at centre forward, recalled from the soccer wilderness, getting all the attention before kickoff. <laughs> and then you see, you see Rod getting photographed and he's doing that traditional on-one-knee pose that players used to do when they were being individually photographed. That doesn't happen uh, yeah, anymore, did, does it? Didn't you know, yeah. The down-on-one-knee uh, proposal pose. It's so weird, that, isn't it? Can yeah, I, can you say, photo? yeah, hang on a minute. There you go. <laughs> Down on one knee. I'm going to start doing that every time <laughs> anyone takes my photo. Yeah. Why not two knees? Why not kneel down completely? Why one knee? <laughs> Wait Why a minute. T- I'm just going to lie flat on my back. <laughs> yeah. Why not sit cross-legged like a child in the school assembly hall? Don't Everyone's know. got to have a trademark photo pose, haven't they? And that was yeah. just one shared by most top-flight footballers. I wonder if they had a meeting and got together to decide to do that. Don't know. Mm. The PFA. Gordon Taylor yeah. came up with that idea. Yeah. <laughs> paid himself a bonus as well. Very well paid, isn't he, Gordon Is he Taylor? still going, Gordon still, Taylor? Well, I think Despite so. Despite yeah, the, the, the rumours of corruption that have surrounded him for yeah, years. Yeah, he was on the radio the other day, and I think there was a, a, a power grab from someone else trying to take over, and he, he, and won't he, have it, will he? saw it off. Yeah. Whoever it was has never been seen or heard from since. Yeah. So... Much Taylor. like the plot of the Shaggy DA, which I watched at the weekend. All oh, right, um, How was same it? thing. There's a there's a guy who's been the DA for years, mm. and he's totally entrenched. Right, he is riding a gravy train, so mm. he's taking money from the local mob boss. Right, he's taking he, he's involved in all sorts of shit, and he's just living high on the hog, yeah. and he's just got it all sewn up. He's got a great public profile. People mm. like like him, they recognise him, mm. he's easy to vote for. And in the end, after being burgled twice, 
the actor whose name I can't remember, but you'll know as the dad of Herbie Goes Bananas. Right. He's like, I've had enough of being burgled and these burglars not getting prosecuted. So mm-hmm. I'm going to run as the DA. At that point, he doesn't know that he's got a curse that turns him into a dog. Right. <clears throat> so at that point, he's just calling himself a future DA, not the shaggy DA. <laughs> and, uh, and it's the same thing. There's an incumbent who's corrupt. Well, I shouldn't say Gonzo is corrupt. There is, as I understand it, no evidence. But there are rumours of... You might do. You can't... <laughs> you can't. Film from what, 1969? No, not him. Gordon Taylor. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Shaggy D, yeah? Yeah, I'm drawing parallels. It's making right. me think. Once these people have been in, in position, they've been the incumbent for so many years, it's really hard to remove them. So and they Gordon, become more and more ruthless in the way that they dispatch any potential yeah. rivals. Are you saying that Gordon Taylor is a dog? I'm saying he could be. And that might be the only way we can take him down if we get some sort of old ancient Egyptian ring that has a curse written, inscribed on the back of it. Yeah. And every time you read it out, Gordon Taylor turns <clears throat> into a dog. And then we whip him off to the vet and get him put to sleep. The shaggy PFA chief executive <laughs> idea for a film. Write it down. Put it on the list. Because <laughs> I'm sure that once we've made enough money from this podcast, we can start funding films. Definitely. Yeah. We'll move it to Like films. George Harrison did after he left the Beatles. Yeah, exactly. Same Just thing. like that. Um, so, yeah, Rod's doing the on-one-knee pose, and we we cuts away to the uh, the boys in the boys' home listening on a radio, uh, being supervised by a nun. It's a cup semi-final. It's not even live on the telly. It's 1979, isn't it? That's how we mm. lived. We didn't get live footage. We just got the cup final and the European oh, The, the cup first final. time I remember the the semi-finals being made, uh, I mean, it's, this is probably just my memory as opposed to, but I remember in 1990, they showed both semi-finals on the same day, both right. at neutral grounds. And it was the day of <clears throat> the two, be- I think it's the best semi-final day ever because it was Liverpool Palace. Oh, yeah. Which is, remains one of the best games I've ever seen. Yeah. And the other one was Oldham Man U. But that Fucking was also hell, yeah. a brilliant game that by any other standards, if it happened on any other day, would have been considered an all-time classic. But it happened to happen, uh, take place Jesus. on the same day as Palace Liverpool. And that's that the first was... day I remember it being a big event, semi-final day. That was one of the greatest... Um... Footballing days. days. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I even what I mean? remember what I was eating. But Coronation back, chicken, mate. Getting back to semi-finals, this might be slightly before your time, but the, the 1980 semi-final, when West Ham got to the cup final, that went on for fucking weeks. That went to three replays or something. Oh, that, that was the quarter final, I think, against was it? Um, against uh, Everton, I think oh, it yeah. was. I'm looking at... Yeah. Um, and yeah. we finally won it at Ellen Road. But yeah, I think there was like three replays. I mean, it's way before my time, but it's the stuff of West Ham legend. Because just, it's the subject of the song that is still sung about Frank Lampard Senior. Yeah. Which is... I'm looking now. I'm dreaming this. of a Frank Lampard just like the one at Ellen Road when the ball came over and Frank fell over and scored the fucking winning goal. <laughs> oh, no, it was just it was just one replay and you won 2-1 after extra time. Frank Weird. Lampard, 119th minute. But um, all the goals were in extra time. It was 0-0 at 90 minutes. But it was uh. the other one, Liverpool-Arsenal. That went to three replays. Uh, and that went on for fucking ages. So you had the first semi-final, 12th of April, replay 16th of April, second replay 28th of April, third replay 1st of May. 
I mean, to be honest, most changes we, you know, as a couple of grumpy old cunts, we or bitter old men, as we were described by one follower this week. <laughs> yeah. Right. We we're generally quite down on changes to the game, but although those days of multiple replays were a laugh because it was so absurd, I think <laughs> it is probably for the best that they put yeah. drew a line under that and said, "Cup ties have just got to be fucking finished after two yeah, games maximum." With. Plus, as well, because it was fucking crazy. The FA Cup doesn't have the shine that it used to have anyway, so people aren't that invested. They're just like, let's just get it done real quick. Yeah, just get it it out of the way. Yeah, penalties after 90 minutes. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, the boys are listening on the radio. Uh, There's a nun there with them. Um, And the fellas in the working men's club, uh, Rod's dad and all the other lot, they're there as well. Um, Listening on the radio, chattering away, and us going, shut up, I can't hear the commentary. And all this sort of thing. So lots of vibrancy. Mm. Uh, and then we look at the match itself. Clint's there, of course, with Cloudy Martin. Um, I wonder if she's a bit sick of being dragged around by Clint because they're not a couple. You know, what's, what's she there for? Has well, he invited her along? And she just she's just too she's polite a to surrogate. She's his surrogate girlfriend. Yeah. Fucking like, he's that. a man who can have anything he wants, right? Mm-hmm. And what he wants is he's got... All of we've seen what his office is like. He's got all sorts of fucking tremendous stuff in there. He's got a drawer with a cloth in it. Yeah, he's got it. He's got everything. And so the one thing that he can't actually buy is a prize trophy, misses. Yeah. But the closer he can get his hands, she won't have it off of him. She's made that much clear. But he mm. can, by assisting her with her career, see to it that she accompanies him everywhere, and so at least makes everyone think that he might be having it off with her. And that yeah. is the game Clint Simons is playing. And she's like, it doesn't cost me much. I don't, I'm getting work. I'm yeah. getting profile. I don't actually have to have sex with him. And I'll if it makes fr- him feel like a big man, fuck it. I'll get a free dinner out of it then again. Yeah. Nice. And, and then, then of course, do a song with him. Oh, I've, told, I've made it quite clear. There's no way I'm going anywhere near his old chat. And uh, <laughs> he's had to accept that. And then, of course, history repeated itself when he fucking chased around after John Francis for two series of just good friends. Yeah, well, he's that kind of guy. He's got a bit of swagger, but ultimately, I don't think women find him in the, you know, when it comes to crunch, sexually attractive enough to actually uh, go to bed with Paul Nicholas. Might be his perm. Might be that. Yeah. He looks like he's one of those blokes who never needs to (laughs) shave. Do you know what I mean? He's like not he's, facially pubic, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think his whole body might be smooth. <laughs> like Action Man. And I'm not saying every woman wants a Phil Parks, right? Yeah. Although, let's be honest, ladies, or a, or you, a Gary, you do. Or a Gary Davies. Not everyone wants the, t- no, the two archetypes of ma- male sexuality mm. are Phil Parks, for the woman who likes a kind of a Cossack look, right? Yeah. Or Gary Davies for people who want a slick, glamorous, but moronic Essex ape. With <laughs> the Essex ape look, you know. And um, that's it. And and so Paul Nicholas doesn't quite fit into either of those vibes. No. Where do you think you come on the masculinity factor? So from one to ten, ten being Phil Parks and one being an egg, for example. Where, where, where do you fit in I that, would say ten. I would say I'm up there with Phil Parks. You describe yourself as a 10. I'm a 10 masculinity, yeah, definitely. I'd have just said I was a 3, probably. (laughs) But 
I'm over, over, fuck it. I've got a mate who has to wear um, testosterone patches. <laughs> that, that's the thing, like nicotine patches. It's like, I think it's like... It's not man enough. Your gland, where you get to an age and, and your mm. testosterone gland can stop pumping it out. Right. And then you start to feel a bit miserable because oh, you've right, la- okay. you, lo- you lose your mojo. Because you can't and get it And so the doctor goes, <laughs> stick this on you. Get some fucking testosterone back in your system. You'll be right as rain. So he goes around all day with a testosterone patch on. With a slow-release testosterone yeah. pumping through his body. T- so right. when he wakes up, he talks a bit like that. But by the end of the day, he's growling like Bill yeah. Parks. Yeah. Put, one of these pa- put one of these patches on. Also, get this can of spinach. And just squeeze it. <laughs> yeah, the exactly. lid will come off and just drink it from the can. <laughs> And then, then you'll you can be a real beat man. Anyone up who tries to get up with your girlfriend, even Bluto or Brutus, he goes by both names. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be impressing olive oil. <laughs> we always need a deep dive Popeye at some point. Not the. Oh film, yeah, we should. That's a fucking right laugh. The, the Popeye was a real geezer. I saw a picture of him recently. The guy who created Popeye, like, just encountered some sailor who <laughs> looked. Who, who just looked exactly like Popeye. When you see him, Popeye... Right, I'm just going to quickly Real do it. Popeye. Inspiration. Popeye. <laughs> Real Popeye. Oh, God. Have you seen Fuck him? Fucking hell. It's Popeye. He's sucking the most amazing bloke ever. We've got a deep dive, this cunt. <laughs> yes. Frankie Rocky Fiegel, his name was. Yes. And if you Google this, listeners, you will be amazed... By it how says, much he looks like Popeye. And this is on Snorps.com, which is the, the fountain of truth on the internet. Um, it says the cartoon character Popeye was inspired by Frank Rocky Fiegel, who lived in the artist's hometown. Fiegel had one eye, a prominent chin, he smoked a pipe, and often got into fist fights. <laughs> <laughs> it's the way he smokes a pipe. You've never seen anyone smoke a pipe so brilliantly as this fella, because he's more or less eating the pipe. He is. Like the stem is. of the pipe, which I believe it's called, I don't know. The stem of the pipe is fully inserted into his mouth. So only the the bowl of the pipe is visible. Yeah. Amazing. Fucking great. Oh, I love and that. Got... And why is Popeye not on anymore? Because I don't know. Maybe someone decided it was problematic. Probably because of the That's violence. That's usually the case when a great cartoon disappears. Because it just goes around punching people all the time. Is there any He's just Popeye? always fucking fighting, isn't he? But yeah. that's sailors for you. Plus as well, when you used to open that kind of spinach, did it have a serrated edge? That could have they, been a yeah. health and safety thing. Are there any episodes uh, now of Now he'd Popeye? be having it with his punched eggs and avocado in a fucking smoothie. <laughs> Come on, though, let's not be um, miserable old bitter. I know, oh, that was just my Piers Morgan sort of impression. I wonder if Popeye cartoons are on YouTube. There doesn't seem to be very many. Oh, there we go. Popeye the Sailor Man Cartoons Collection, Volume 4, remastered, high definition... Yeah, I'm going to watch them later on. I watched that with Len tonight because I've, I've been reading the Roy of the Rovers official biography with him, uh, which is written by Giles Smith, the oh yeah newspaper writer. It, and it is really well written, but it's very satirical and it's sort of very reminiscent of the Alan Partridge book. Do you know what I mean? It's very knowing. Yeah. Very yeah, tongue-in-cheek tongue in sort of thing. Very tongue-in-cheek. And, you know, and it is funny. It's I like it. It's well written. It's funny. Mm. He's a great writer, but... 
when you're reading it with a kid, there's certain things where he doesn't get it because Roy is purposefully talking bollocks, mm. right? And he's got a sort of slightly different characterization to to the one that our listeners may be familiar with on our deep dive into Roy the Rovers. <laughs> but it's funny, and he and but sometimes when you're reading it to a nine year old, he's like, "Well," because we've come straight off the back of reading all the annuals, and he's yeah. like. Why is he saying that? Why yeah, did he yeah, just do a yeah. whole paragraph on parking outside the Melchester Stadium? Right? Yeah, it's not for and kids. And I'm is like, it? well, he's he's sort of trying to be funny, and I keep going. Are you sure you want to read this? But he won't let us stop, so he must be enjoying it on some level. I keep thinking, can't we like read Young James Bond by Charlie Hickson instead? Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see if we can get permission to write a book about Roy's autobiography. It's unlikely. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we'll leave it there because the semi-final's about to start so it's a good place to stop I think and we'll find out if they make it to the final and make it to Wembley Um, so there we go we'll be back with more next week Um, always aim for your own personal Wembley eat plenty of spinach and other leafy greens Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.